Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Good evening, Rush Nation. It's Murphy, and as you can actually see, I am uh, on my own tonight. Um, so, unfortunately, um, Dan's just got a few things on and uh, very busy. So, he was a very, very late. Uh, scratch and so as a result um, I'm going to be flying solo on this pod Uh, if anybody wants to uh, join me then you know you can uh, drop a message and and we can chat and ask some questions and uh, go through all the usual bits and pieces Um, but I think what I'm going to do really is just focus on where we are in the season and a lot happened yesterday in terms of Week seven, in terms of uh, a lot of injuries, a lot of things that have gone, yeah, I'd say, fairly different to perhaps expected for a lot of uh, fantasy owners and players. I think it's time to sort of reevaluate at this point before it gets uh, too late and think about what we're going to be doing moving forward and then also think about what we're going to try and do uh, for the rest of the season to make sure that we make those all-important playoffs. So I'm going to talk about um, some players that you could potentially pick up. We're going to talk about some situations. It's quite a lot of stuff that we can um, break down and, and overview over the next sort of 
30, <laughs> sort of 45 minutes or so, maybe an hour. So we'll see how we get on. Thanks, Jack. Yeah. Um, actually, I'll be honest, I've styled the hair because uh, the haircut was terrible. Um, but more of that later. Uh, good to see you, Stacey. Yeah. So, solo pod. Um, I guess really, let's go through the injuries because there was a lot of injuries yesterday. Um, we'll start with Brees Hall. Brees Hall, uh, season ending ACL tear. That's been confirmed now. It didn't look good at the time. So if you held on to uh, Michael Carter, then actually that's worked out quite well for you. Obviously, you don't wish injury on anyone. That's probably a better turn of phrase there. But Michael Carter is, is for me, if he's on your waiver wire, you empty all the fab. He is the league winner now um, out there on the waiver wire at that position. And there's not many out there you can I, I did the wave wire pop before this so you heard me talk about gus edwards you heard me talk about all these guys and listen they're all decent pickups but they're not league winners michael carter to me with his efficiency with the way that he plays the game he he for me is given the fact he's going to have no competition he's pretty much as, as good as you're going to get at this point unless something better comes along and that will require another injury um DK Metcalf, a patella tendon injury. We're not sure how long he's going to be out for. Um, so that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, probably a few weeks. Doesn't sound, I mean, at one point it looked like it was going to be a um, an, another knee injury. It looked like he was going to be out. So this seems like good news that this could only be out a few weeks. I've just literally had some breaking news um, come through on the phone that Matt Ryan is going to be benched next week for Sam uh, Ellinger. That is a bit of a surprise. I don't think Matt Ryan has been that bad. I think he's been amazing. Um, that's going to force us to reevaluate the entire core. I talked about picking up Paris Campbell. We talked about picking up uh, Alec Pierce. Is Sam Ellinger coming in. I'm not so confident now that that looks like a really smart decision. They could run the ball. This could be what really helps Jonathan Taylor get back to those sorts of levels because they've been passing the ball a lot. It's that's a really interesting one to see that. Um, apparently, PJ Walker is also going to start for uh, the Panthers next week, and that's just come in as well, regardless of who's fit. So PJ Walker's got a starting berth, and Sam Ellinger. I think that massively changes my perception of the Colts' offense, and I've been thinking they're pass happy. Add Paris Campbell, add um, Alec Pierce. I've been saying for a few weeks now. I think that dynamic, that dynamic shifts now to a run first offense. I think that's what we're. That's how I'm interpreting that move. I don't understand why you would make that move otherwise, unless you know you're, you're really done with Matt Ryan and you're thinking, well, we've got a quarterback here, and you're basically tanking for the season to see what he does. But a rookie quarterback who's never played in the NFL. This doesn't feel like a good move for an offense that was just starting to get going. So yeah, not that kind of changes a few things for me um, quite significantly. But we'll talk about some changes a bit. David Juku is going to be out for two to five weeks with a high ankle sprain. Uh, Daniel Bellinger, this looked nasty. Um, has suffered a fracture near his eye socket and septum, and he may require surgery. See. We're talking about a tight end who has really established himself, has really been going places. The integral part of that Giants offense has been lacking some pass catches. This is a big blow for me. I, I really like Daniel Bellinger. I thought he was a good prospect, thought he did well um, to earn the starting berth there. And, and that looks like he's going to miss some time. So that's a real big shame. 
Uh, Nico Collins, uh, he suffered a groin injury on Sunday. He didn't return. That's not going to be great news. Corey Davis looks like he suffered an MCL sprain. Looks like he might only be out a week or two with that. Um, so that is not the worst news. But given how bad that passing offense is, are we really that bothered in the sense of is, is Corey Davis someone that we're overly chasing? Uh, probably not. Uh, Mike Williams has suffered a sprain to his right ankle, so he's going to go under further test today to see how bad that is. Whenever I hear that, that's always a prep for. He's going to be out a few weeks at minimum. So not saying that's definitely what's happening, but that's one to keep an eye on uh, as well, definitely over the next uh, f- few hours. And Amon Ra St. Brown, almost likely to be out next week with concussion. And then you add to that the injuries of DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Cam Akers, uh, Elijah Moore, Michael Thomas. There's just so many injuries right now that the whole, the whole landscape is just really, really difficult. And so, we, you know, we can talk about what's happened in week seven. There's a lot to review. The Bucks' offense, there's, uh, or lack of it. You know, we're looking at the, the Green Bay Packers and what's going on in that situation. Kind of broke that down last week. I don't feel like there's a lot to, to add, as well as also the Buccaneers situation. But really what we're seeing is these teams that we thought were good are actually not that good. And the teams that we actually thought were terrible are not that bad. Uh, in a few exceptions. I mean, we're looking at the Jets offensively aren't brilliant, but their defense is, is incredible. So I think what we've got now is, is half a season's worth of data. We can start to look at how we can interpret matchups and rather than sitting here and just making the general assumptions that oh, well, we'll pick Green Bay wide receivers and we'll pick Buccaneers wide receivers and we expect these all to turn around. They're not turning around. And these situations are... They might turn around at some point, but if we keep wasting weeks, we're losing that time to potentially go ahead and make the changes that could get us into a playoffs. So we need a whole mind shift. We need to really think about what we're going to be doing for the rest of the season. And that means either making some trades or making some some bold moves. Because if your teams are sitting there with four wins or less, you're going to need to make some moves to get in there. Even though four wins is, is a winning record, and talking about it, you probably know by now, in most cases, if you've won or lost this week. But you need to start thinking about how you're going to get into these playoffs and how you're going to make those those big moves. If you're five wins, six wins, seven wins, you know it's very different. You can start to make those plans for the playoffs and start to think about making small tweaks and small adjustments. But even a, I mean, if you've if you've got one win, zero wins, you're probably not getting in. So you need to be thinking about two wins and upwards. How do we get in there? What are the things that we can do differently? And we need to really change uh, our overall approach. And that that's to start looking at matchups, to start looking at players, and to start thinking about how we can exploit certain situations. On the Patreon cast this week, I talked about looking at certain matchups. And in particular, I talked about a player that needs that you can get off your rosters right now. And I hopefully told you all before, if you listen to the Patreon cast, um, you need to get Joe Mixon pretty much off your rosters. He's a player that right now I think is an expensive luxury, given how the Bengals are playing, given that Mixon yards after contact hasn't been great, given the fact that he's not finding the end zone anywhere near the regularity that we were seeing. I mean, they were absolutely gashing the, the Falcons yesterday. And yet Mixon, I mean, Mixon did get some touchdowns yesterday, which was helpful. But 
the yardage, the production isn't there. The touchdowns kind of save him, which is good in the sense of a of a sell value now. But I think we're at this point where we need to sell on Joe Mixon. And his schedule coming up is pretty terrible. His schedule in the fantasy playoffs is even worse. I'm looking at Joe Mixon, and I've got loads of data and stats to tell you uh, why. The bottom line is this, that his efficiency metrics aren't there. Usage is nowhere near where it was in 2021. And his schedule's bad. All of this is is pointing to an, an opportunity to sell high and get yourself an absolute haul back. And if you can get, for example, right now, if you could trade Joe Mixon for Kenneth Walker and a decent wide receiver, that's a really good trade. Um, if you can find yourself getting some decent receivers that are going to give you the opportunity to improve two positions for one. So that's the kind of situation I'm looking at taking a, a small hit because I don't even think it's a hit. If you get someone like Ken Walker um, and trading, you know, and getting a wide receiver in return on paper in redraft, that looks fair, but actually you're stacking yourself in an advantage because I don't think Mixon is Mixon's touchdown numbers are saving his fantasy points right now. That's not sustainable. It's not going to remain the same. So those are the types of situations now where we need to have a think and think who are players who we can get off our rosters who are not going to deliver down the stretch. So I'm going to do some strength of uh, schedule stuff um, as well. So there's, there's lots of stuff going on. Um, I would recommend at some point listening to the uh, waiver wire podcast I just put out, or in particular, because I get more time on it. Um, I was actually on the fantasy pros podcast today. I think, don't think it's out at this point, but I think it will be out. If you're listening to this on podcast version, it will be out at some point. I go into some players that you can pick up now pretty cheap on the waiver wire that you can add um, in the majority of leagues that will make a difference that home run ball. So I'm looking at players like uh, Khalil Herbert, Marquise Goodwin, although now that one probably doesn't look quite as good if DK's only going to be out for a few weeks. But I think for a short filler, uh, that looks a, a decent pickup. Uh, Gus Edwards, the, uh, Damian Williams. These are the sorts of players. Um, I look at Kyron, Kyron Williams as another player I'd, I'd take a punt on because he's cheap. And I think now... When you're thinking about your fantasy roster, what people are doing now, and I wrote about this in the book, is they're stashing players on their on their benches, and you can't do that now. Especially if you're four win, if you're three wins and below, or even at four wins potentially, you need to look at your bench spot, and each person in your bench has to be someone that you feel can contribute. Either they're going to contribute now in the short term, or they're going to contribute in the next one to three weeks. No point thinking about the playoffs because you've got to get there. And if you're stashing players for playoffs now, or if you're stashing handcuffs, if you've got Alex Alexander Matteson on your roster right now, and your three wins, two wins, one win, he needs to go. He's a dead weight, and I get that opportunity of oh well, if Dalvin Cook gets injured because he gets injured a lot, then I've got. I've got Alexander Madison. That's great. What if what if Dalvin Cook doesn't get injured until week 13? Or what if he doesn't get injured at all? That's a roster spot that is gone. It's gone from your roster. You need to have every single play. You almost need to treat it like a DFS proposal. You need to think week to week, and you need to think maybe two to three weeks tops ahead for bye week cover. 
you can't be sitting there with players who you feel are going to add value down the stretch. If you've got Deshaun Watson and you're three wins or below, he's got to go. If you've got, if you don't have IR stashes and you're holding IR players, got to go. All those players that are just not going to contribute in the next one or two weeks, they've got to go off your roster, whether you trade them, whether you hold them, but like cut them, doesn't matter, but they've got to go. And you've got to get guys like Khalil Herbert, like Gus Edwards, guys that, that if something happened tomorrow to a player on your roster, it's not just next man up. It's next guy who's almost as good as the guy you're about to lose. And that is really how you got to treat it. You should be at three wins or below now, be the most active person on your waiver wire and on your trade list. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. And if you're not, then you'll, you know, you've only got yourself to blame at the end of the season. You'll sit there and you'll blame injuries or you'll blame Tom Brady if you've got loads of Buccaneers. But actually, you've got yourself because you've got so much time now to change the landscape. You've still got half a season. You win the majority of the games now, from now to the end of the season, and you're on three wins. You'll still make the playoffs. That's how this works. And you can change it. There's so many players right now that are fantasy relevant, that are available on waiver wires or available for trades. You've just got to be bold and make the moves. Let's look at, for example, just over the last two weeks, players who are in PPR, leaders at their position. I'm just pulling it up. But also at this point, if there's any questions while I'm talking, then just chime in and I will find them and I'll um, I'll add them. Because I think this is really important. There's stuff that people don't talk about on podcasts. People tell you who to pick up and people will say, I'll oh, pick this person because they are, um, you know, they're, free in your league or whatever but actually it's the strategy behind it it's around your bench fancy benches are there to be used and you've got to be a little bit different i was having a, uh, a chat with someone in our patreon group and he was saying i should move gus edwards from my ir because it's in the spirit of the league so okay if it's in the spirit of the league that's one thing but actually if you've set your lineup and you've set your your bench for that week and you're not going to put Gus Edwards in there. Why would you activate him and drop someone? Why not just take advantage of the fact that you've been proactive and you've set your lineup and you've set your bench. And if you're not going to play Gus Edwards, leave him on your IR until you have to make a transaction, then fix it. You're being rewarded for being proactive. I always like situations like that, where if you're proactive and you set your lineup and you set your benches and then someone comes off IR on a Sunday you know what? You've earned it. You've earned the right to have an extra couple of days to kick that decision around and decide who to lose. And that's more intelligence because you might have had Brees Hall as your starting running back that week. Now he's injured and now he's done for the season. That's the player you're going to cut today for Gus Edwards to bring up. And it's an easy decision. And that's not a, a nice way to think about it, but 
that is that is how you play, and that's the advantage you gain by being constantly active in your league, setting your lineups in advance, setting your bench in advance. Because now, if you have Brees Hall in your league, you cut him. You haven't actually lost a roster spot, or you can switch him, or do it where you can't because Brees Hall isn't officially IR'd yet. But you're not going to keep him in a redraft league. So that's one thing there. While I was putting up, I was just looking at leaders over the last couple of weeks. So we're looking at say week five to week seven. In PPR, so we look at running backs, right? So Austin Eckler, uh, one, Josh Jacobs at two, Leonard Fournette, and everyone's sitting there thinking, oh, the Bucks' offense is bad. Leonard Fournette is the running back three over the last three weeks in PPR. So, again, he's a player that right now people are down on because people are perceptionally down on the Bucks' offense. He's a piece you might get for Joe Mixon. And a wide receiver. That looks doable. So have a think of that. Ken Walker's four. That's why I mentioned him. Brees Hall, unfortunately, is five. Um, you know, Benjamin is 10. You know, Raheem Moster, he's a player that's still knocking around quite a few waiver-wise. He's RB14 uh, now. And then you've got just these part-time contributors. Dion Jackson is RB17 over the last three weeks. And that's what having a part-time contributor can, can happen. That's why you've got to be active on your on your waiver wire uh, as much as possible. These guys like, um, you know, Tyler Algier, they're, they're roster clocks. Everyone's saying, well, go and get Tyler Algier because he's getting volume. That's all good and dandy. But Tyler Algier in PPR is the, wide, the running back 34 over the last three weeks. He's getting volume, but he didn't do much with it. Like that's why shoot for the moon, go for Damian Williams. Um, if we look at wide receivers again, we're thinking about streaming combinations. So we're looking at some of the players that have come up here, and these are players that were widely available. Now, Paris Campbell is still widely available, although we've just talked about that one, maybe not being uh the best bet. But we're looking at you know Chase Claypool, widely available. He's uh wide receiver 18. Uh, over the last three weeks. We're looking at George Pickens was widely available. Alec Pierce was widely available. Um, you know, Devonta Smith is a player. He's he by week. He's still wide receiver 26 over the last three weeks. And that includes his bye this week. Uh, you know, there's lots of examples here. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a great player to talk about. So Donovan Peoples-Jones right now is available in a lot of leagues. He's wide receiver 33 over the last three weeks. His schedule coming up is amazing because he's got the Ravens. Um, he's just had the Ravens, sorry. He has got the Bengals, which will be a matchup where he'll get a lot of volume. Then he's got his bye. Then he's got the Dolphins where he'll get a lot of uh, action. And then the Bills. So he's got a really good set of matchups coming up. And that's someone that, for me, Donovan Peoples-Jones, over the next three weeks, is going to be a lot more useful on your bench than someone like Alexander Matheson. And in fact, you if you want to lose him after the Miami game, that's fine. You can make that case for it. Yeah, MVS is someone that's available on quite a lot of wave wires. He is the wide receiver 36. Again, these sorts of players that can just offer you short-term relief and get you short-term points. If you add those up in sections, two, three-week windows, and then add them up and add them up and add them up and add them up, they're going to end up being... <laughs> a wide receiver, anywhere from wide receiver 10 to wide receiver 30. And 
that's going to help you. And that's so much better than having a running back handcuff on your roster or someone who's just going to tick along that you're never going to play. And be ruthless with your roster. Look at it and go, who is on my roster right now? Am I ever going to play them unless the world caves in? No, well, then I'm going to, I'm going to get rid of them and get some fresh blood in. And I think that's really, really, really important. So here's some tips, thinking about how to get ahead, and then we'll go through some players. Some tips I'll give you right now to make the playoffs. Look at all. If you're in a fab league, look at all the fab that all your players have. Write it all down and look at where you stack up versus everybody else. If you are, if you've got more fab than most, be aggressive on the way for Keep picking up players as much as possible, uh, and make sure your opponents don't get them. If there's opportunities to get players, you know, just keep rotating your roster, keep rotating those benches as much as possible. If you're five and two, six and one, seven and zero, oh, then you can be more looking ahead at matchups and maybe not looking at the immediate future unless needed and look towards the end of the season, the playoffs and think about players, DSTs, et cetera, that might be good plays for them when the time and appropriate time comes for that. But you can start sort of almost buy hopping. So you look at this week's buy, you'll have players like MVS drop to the waiver wire. You have players uh, like Pacheco, Probably won't be picked up. He's available in 70% of the leagues. It looks like they're trying to drive him to a starting role. Just stash him for a week. If, you, if you've if you got five wins, six wins, seven wins, you don't need Pacheco this week. You can stash him and then see what happens next week. And if it doesn't work for a couple of weeks, that's fine. You can you can stash, you know, you can cu- just cut him. But he's going to be cheaper this week because he doesn't add anything to uh, a roster this week because they're on buy. So if you're five, six, seven wins, you can make those kind of moves. Look at the players on, on waiver wire that are on by this week. There's a lot of charges on by people like Josh Palmer, for example, who's got a concussion. He's not, I mean, they're on a buy anyway, so he wasn't going to play. Hasn't played this week. No one's going to be in an instant rush to go and pick him up. He's someone that you should be picking up. If you're a five, six, seven win team stash him, he's going to be fancy relevant down the stretch, especially with Mike Williams out. Mike Williams is going to miss time. So Josh Palmer becomes all of a sudden the top 30 play potentially, certainly flex relevant. So those are the types of plays that you need to think about and make moves on. If I said you're four wins, three wins, two wins, one win, zero wins, you need to be really aggressive. So actually those plays don't work because you need to have uh, players who are going to be active every single week on, on your waiver wire. So you need the Khalil Herberts. You need uh, the players who are going to make an instant impact now. When you're thinking about trading look at your look at who how you match up with everybody else so if for example you're really strong at wide receiver and you're really weak at running back and someone is really weak at running back and uh, someone's really strong at running back and really weak at wide receiver that's a good trade partner you look at how you can make each team better and people try to win the trade far too often actually what you should be doing is you should be trying to find those partners and thinking okay how do i trade with them and find a way to work out a deal together and chat about it Okay, look, you need a running back. I've got Ken Walker going spare. Not that you're probably trading right now. Or Joe Mixon. Um, I'm willing to take Michael Carter and Tyler Lockett or Michael Carter and, you know, Drake London, who's got a great set of matchups coming up. You know, you've got quite several options and where you can try and improve your team. Or you know someone like Chris Godwin because the Bucks the Bucks offense is is in free fall. But think about what you need and what you want, and try and find those sorts of partners, and you can get a deal like that. And obviously, you'll need to add like another wide receiver or something, but you can just make it sort of enough to make it 
fair, but they're good grounds to start trade negotiations on. And if they're desperate for a player at position, you're offering someone like Joe Mixon. That's a really good place to be. Like you can start to get quite aggressive, especially if it looks like they're getting the best player in the deal. That's really important. Um, let's look at some situations right now. So we sit there and think about um, some matchups, etc., that we can consider. Um, looking at strength of schedules, right? So I'm looking at wide receivers. I'm looking exclusively just at the next um, next few games. So I'm looking at uh, I've got a four week window here. So someone like Drake London for me has a, a an amazing schedule because he's got the Panthers, the Chargers, and their DB situation is just absolutely knackered anyway. Uh, the Panthers again, and then the Bears, and that's a massive like four game stretch there. No buy. Drake London looks like someone that you could, if you can acquire him right now on the back of a couple of down weeks, that could be a really good opportunity to take advantage. Darnell Mooney's floating around, and I know that Bears offense is really bad, but they've got some some matchups here. Okay, the Cowboys isn't overly that attractive, but they've got the Dolphins, the Lions, and the Falcons in in their three after that. Weeks 9, 10, 11. So someone like Darnell Mooney might be worth just having an explore and picking up uh, and just seeing if if that offense can finally start to click and do something. Uh, we're looking at Michael Gallup. Again, someone who didn't have a really good game. And I know they've got a buy-in here, but he's got the Bears and the Packers, which is a bit of a difficult game. But then the Vikings, you know, Michael Gallup or even Noah Brown. I think Noah Brown's day is kind of over, but I think Gallup is someone that will be worked into this offense more. I've talked about Donovan's Peoples Jones. You know, he's got the Bengals, the Dolphins, and the and the Bills. Like I said, decent decent lineup coming up here. Not that I'm chasing Green Bay wide receivers, but their matchups are pretty good coming up. Miami, but you don't really want anyone on there. But here's another one for you, Tyquan Thornton. You know, he's got the Colts coming up. They seem to be in disarray. The Jets is a difficult game, but given how accurate Mac Jones is, that might be a decent game uh, to go out. And they've got them twice. And that might be a negative game script game. So you might see more Tyquan Thornton. He's available in nearly 80% of the leagues. He's someone that I'd be picking up to explore. The Giants have a really good schedule over the next few games. They've got the Seahawks, the, the Texans, and then they've got the Lions. And so you're looking there and you're thinking, I'll get Wondell Robinson. Wondell Robinson is available in over half of leagues. He's someone that's a must-add. Even Darius Slayton. Darius Slayton is one of those sort of boom or bust guys. But if you're in last chance saloon with two wins, I put Darius Slayton in a couple of lineups. He's going to return me at least a victory in one of them because he is that deep ball threat. He is, you know, he is someone that is an outlet there and he does get in the end zone every now and again. See, he's someone that you can shoot for the moon on. There's definitely a few. If you can pick, see someone like Russell Gage, you know, over the next few weeks, they've got the Ravens on Thursday night football. They've got the Rams and they've got the Seahawks. If he's hamstrings, not too bad. Russell Gage is someone that you can potentially buy low on, or is going to be out there in leagues because he's, he's, he's not been producing too much. You know, these are the sorts of situations that you can try and buy on. Even, even the Seahawks, you know, they've got the giants next and then they've got, the Cardinals. The Cardinals are great to pass on. Um, so that's a really good situation for Marquis Goodwin over the next uh, next couple of weeks. Now, these are wide receivers that aren't very popular. They are available. We are all entitled to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. 
We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. But you can potentially buy, you know, get off the waiver wire for next to nothing. Or if you're really trying to get hold of, you know, somebody in a trade and you're thinking about, okay, so what teams here, if you could try and get someone like CD Lamb, that's going to be quite difficult. That's someone who has a great set of matchups coming up, as I've talked about. Uh, I think Cortland Sutton might be one to go after. I do think Jerry Judy's going to get dealt. I think that's going to unlock KJ Hamler. So KJ Hamler's another one. I'd be stashing on a waiver wire, hoping that that one comes in. And I think if you can get him and or Sutton, and that offense is bad, you could probably get Sutton for half of probably what he's worth, given how bad that offense is. But his schedule coming up over the next few weeks where he's got Jacksonville, Tennessee, and then the Raiders, that's a good set of matchups to go after. And I think that's one I would uh, potentially be looking to to exploit. Um. Potential waiver wire add someone like Craig Reynolds, although I'm slightly down on this offense and their Swiss back, but he should be back hopefully next week. And while St. Brown's out, so Craig Reynolds and, and, and DJ Chark's on IR, you know, they've got a good set of matchups coming up the Lions. So maybe someone like Craig Reynolds off the waiver wire could be attractive to add as a one week, two week play. Um, we talked about the Colts. I'm less in on them because of Sam Ellinger, but you never know. That might be an interesting one. Someone like MVS, they've got a buy this week, but then they've got the Tennessee Titans. Those corners can get, you know, be gotten that. And I think MVS is a great play in week nine, for example. So that's one to potentially stash if you're if you're winning. There's some really good examples of potential players that you can pick up. And Tyler Lockett might be really difficult to try and do now, but he might be one to go and grab over the next few weeks. Um Chris Olave has a decent schedule over the next few weeks. So Chris Olave has, for example, he has the Raiders and then the the Ravens and the Steelers. So he's one that if you can try and prize him from somebody for a Joe Mixon-like trade, is someone that I'd like to go for as well. So there's a few names of, of players that be trying to acquire or think about playing over the next few weeks. If you look at the running back position, it's very different because there's not actually that many viable running backs. I wrote a piece on the website uh, on Friday and talked about the decline of the position. And actually, the running back position is pretty terrible right now. If we're sitting there looking at uh, the running back position, just on the season, there isn't really that many difference makers. So if you were drafting quite wide receiver, uh, running back light, you've actually done really well because Austin Eckler's a first-round player, Saquon Barkley's, I mean, Austin Eckler's the only real difference maker. He's about 35 points clear uh, of Saquon Barkley. But everyone else is really not all that far apart. 
Josh Jacobs was someone who was drafted quite low. Brees Hall was someone that was drafted quite low. Um, you know, but if you look at Joe Mixon, who was a first round pick, he's only nine points clear of Clyde Abutalea or Damian Pierce, Ramondre Stevenson, Miles Sanders. You know, these players are all now in a pack. And if you're looking at, say, the running back 24 is Kareem Hunt to the running back 12, he's only 90, he's not even 20 points behind. So there's a whole cluster at the position. And really the only difference makers you've got right now are Eckler, Barkley, Chubb, Jacobs, and Christian McCaffrey just. And then after that, you've got maybe Fournette, even Henry hasn't really turned on the the afterburners. I mean, Henry's only got six points more than Mixon. So there isn't that much of an elite gap at the top end of the running back position. So you've got this, you know, you've got a number of backs here that you could be picking up and, you know, trading Joe Mixon for Miles Sanders and a couple of players is not a big gap. But like I said, if you can trade him to Kenneth Walker, given the fact that Kenneth Walker didn't even start the season as a starter, Joe Mixon is not even 30 points clear of him. And that gap is shrinking every single week. It's, and it's going to continue to shrink. So I think Kenneth Walker's a player who's going to catch up and potentially overtake um, Joe Mixon by the end of the season. Same for Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones is in a situation where, as much as he's dominating, he's not really um, getting clear of the pack of guys after him or just after him. So, again, a player that maybe you can trade now and his schedule coming up isn't amazing either. So if you look at Green Bay, they've got over the next few weeks, Buffalo, that's a tough game. Okay, you've got a a great run matchup against the Lions, but then they've got the Cowboys and then they've got the Titans, who, as bad as they are defensively, are actually pretty good at stopping the run. They've only given up one touchdown this season, second fewest running back yards. Um, So when you're looking at those matchups for Aaron Jones over the next few weeks, they don't look good. If you're sitting there with two or three wins and you've got Aaron Jones, you probably need to shop him because the next few weeks are not going to give you enough points to get it done. So if you can take a Kenneth Walker and a wide receiver, it's going to help you out in two positions instead of one. And that's how you've got to view your your lineups right now. Forget the names. If you can find a Packers fan who's going to take Aaron Jones off you and overpay for him, definitely do it. But this is the sort of stuff that you need to be thinking about now because you're not going to get elite performance from your elite running backs because they're not putting them up unless they're Austin Eckler or you've got someone like Saquon who could break out. Um, Just looking at some matchups over the next few weeks. I mean, they're just not particularly brilliant. We look at someone like the Atlanta backfield. It looks okay for someone like Damian Williams in the short term, but actually it's going to be for Cordell Patterson. When he gets back, it's really going to take off. Um, The team with the worst rushing uh, aspects over the next couple of weeks is the Arizona Cardinals. And given the fact that their offense is so bad, I know that, you know, Benjamin had a game on Thursday and, and fair play to him, but actually, you know, he's got some tough games against the Vikings and Seattle. Uh, and then he gets it really tough against the Rams and the 49ers. This might be a really good time to sell James Connor before he's back and hope that someone takes him off your hands in desperation and you can get more than what you what he's worth because he's about to really fall off a cliff here. Um, Deonta Foreman is a huge 
uh, fixtures are going his way. He's got a really nice schedule over the next few weeks. Khalil Herbert's schedule, and I think he's going to... He might not be the designated starter, but I think he really is going to take a step forward over the next few weeks. I'd love to try and get him on as many teams as I can right now. Um, Nick Chubb's got a difficult schedule, but he's Nick Chubb. He probably overrises that. But someone like Kareem Hunt, sounds like they're shopping him uh, before the deadline. So be interesting to see where Kareem Hunt ends up. But I don't think it's going to be as good a situation he's in right now. So I'd be trying to get him off my roster now in hopes that someone buys the dream. Um, let's look at some schedules here. Players that you could potentially sell. Jonathan Taylor's run schedule is it's not bad, but then with Sam Ellinger, maybe they go up a bit. Um, you know, there's a few different teams here that have got interesting situations. Um, Josh Jacobs has proven he's kind of proof. Uh, maybe Alvin Kamara is someone now. Alvin Kamara is an interesting one because he doesn't have a great set of fixtures coming up. He's got the Raiders, which is okay, and then the Ravens, which can be run out, but. You know, they're not a bad team when they get it all together and then they, it goes from worse because they've got the Steelers and then the Rams. Alvin Kamara hasn't been particularly great this season. Alvin Kamara has been... He's currently in PPR. Yeah, the RB22. Granted, he's played a game less uh, or two games less than some, but still, his average has been okay. But they haven't been great at running the football. What you've also got on top of him is a, is a potential court case that could be settled. If they're not going to make the playoffs, they might take a settlement in his court case and then he might get his fine. We kicked that problem, didn't think it was going to be a big issue in season. We said we'd evaluate it in October when that hearing comes in November. They could kick it to the end of the season and then he eats his punishment next year. The they might decide to try and settle this and let him eat and then let the NFL punish him for four to six games, knowing they're not going to make the playoffs. That is in the realm of possibilities. Got to be a bit careful, especially if they've just settled the civil case. So there is more, it sounds like some wheels are turning now. I'm not a legal expert, but there's something to be concerned about there with Alvin Kamara. If you can chop him off your roster now, that might be a pretty smart move. If you can get some good pieces in return. Um, Najee Harris is another one, although I don't think you're going to get anywhere near the kind of value, but his schedule over the next few weeks uh, is pretty tough as well. So there's a few players that you should be considering to either buy or sell. Uh, you know, Fournette's schedule isn't great, but given that the whole offense is going through Fournette, I'd be trying to get him if I can get him in a few places because I do think that starts to improve uh, and turn over and get better. Same with Derek Henry. Derek Henry someone who I think you can I wouldn't say buy low, but he's someone that I'd like to be trying to acquire as well in a few places. Um, if I can do a deal for, say, like, I don't think you're going to get a mix in for Henry, but if you can try and sell that deal, um, try and get it done. Um, some players to consider. Find my other tab here. Um, so, obviously, there's been some big situations here with Christian McCaffrey getting traded. Uh, what did we expect? Well, I mean, he, he got uh, a lot of work. Um, but next week, I'd expect him to get even more work. Uh, it, it looked like it was a bit of a timeshare. But se seeing as he only got the playbook on Thursday, it's not a huge surprise um, that he sort of shared some time with Jeff Wilson and um, some situations where he didn't run any running backs at all. So I do think you're going to get Christian McCaffrey takeover. I think that means Jeff Wilson, you can cut him. Uh, completely from your leagues now. And then Elijah Mitchell comes back in a couple of weeks. So 
Um, I think when you're looking at running backs in Carolina who replaced him, I definitely think Deonta Foreman's the one I want. He's getting all the two-minute drill. He gets... um, He's going to get more work as this goes along. He was definitely more explosive back. Uh, Gus Edwards' usage was fine. People are going to say he didn't get enough of a snap share. First game back for 13 months. like He still played 40% of the snaps. I think that's about what I expected. Gets the goal line work. Gets the early down work. He's going to get more and more work as he's coming back. So don't worry about the snap share usage on him. Um, Travis Etienne's usage is going from strength to strength. i tell you what, he's a player I'd like to acquire. Uh, in a few leagues, that might be really hard. We might have missed the buy low window on him by about a week. His share, his snap share has been playing around about that 50% all season. It jumped up to 80% uh, this week, and he's jumped into that um, tier above James Robinson now, and he's getting the majority of the work. So we're looking at, at, um, at Travis Etienne. He dominated all the plays. Uh, you know, he was on for... 53 of the 65-ish plays, um, 32 first downs, got almost all of those. They got half the goal line looks, almost all the two-minute drill, all the third down work. This is the same trend that we saw with someone like Brees Hall, for example, uh, as someone that was starting to really take over the um, the position and then took it over. Gone. I think now James Robinson is now a sunk ship. If you have James Robinson, if you can try and flip him for something, get what you can. Because I think that he is, I wouldn't say completely done, because in a Doug Pedersen office, he's going to get work. But it looks like Travis Etienne is going to get more and more work. Uh, and he's kind of taken over that backfield. Um, Pacheco, I mentioned him. He's still not playing a lot of snaps. It's still hovering around about 25% or so. So that's something to think about. But I do think they're trying to work him into a bigger role. And Jarek McKinnon at the moment is getting work that's quite annoying. Um, but I do think Pacheco's want to own and watch that usage start to go up. It's starting to get more and more. But it's, you know, weirdly yesterday, Jarek McKinnon had the majority of the snaps, which I just don't quite get. So I think maybe it was before the bye. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, a few of these, obviously, I talked about Paris Campbell over the last two weeks, 20 targets, 17 passes, but Sam Ellinger there, I can't ex- I can't expect that to happen uh, going forward. So I am concerned about that um, situation, maybe change and pivot completely away from him. Wondell Robinson, by the way, his usage just shot through the roof. Uh, he's just playing 70% of snaps now. Um, and now... Richie James is is pretty much finished and you're going to see a lot in the slot. The only thing I'd worry about with Wanda Robinson is if the Giants want to push in and trade for a wide receiver. But Wanda Robinson's usage is trending towards him being not just a starting wide receiver, but a top 36 um, PPR player for HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner the rest of the season. Um, I mentioned Terrence Marshall Jr. I said he, he's the guy that's going to take over from um, Robbie Anderson, and he definitely did. So, you know, he played over 80% of the snaps. Uh, it was probably closer to 85% of the snaps he played. Uh, so Marshall is someone who is starting to get work. I mean, this offense is terrible, so I'm not saying he's something you should pick up, but maybe keep an eye on because uh, it looks like he's going to get some work there. Um, there's so many other players right now that, that you can consider. Um, let's talk about Gus Edwards. So Gus Edwards, for example, um, the reason I like Gus Edwards is, yeah, has mentioned the 40 down, uh, 40% um, snap share and 40% you know, down work, but his schedule is so good, as I mentioned. Uh, I just really think that, he's going to get all those goal line carries and he's going to be highly productive. So it's why I quite like if you can acquire Gus Edwards now is a good time to do it. Same with Khalil Herbert. So let me tell you how good Khalil Herbert is right now. Um, you're talking about a player who uh, 3.1 yards after contact, nobody in the NFL has more than him. Who's carried the ball 20 times or more this season. Um, his yards before contact, by the way, is even better. It's 3.2. So that, you know, 6.3 yards per carry he's averaging, but he's broken off 12 10-yard-plus rushes, which only Barkley, Hall, Henry, Jones, and Sanders have more of. And he's one of only six running backs to have broken off multiple 40-yard-plus runs. So Khalil Herbert's awesome. He's had one more carry than, than David Montgomery this season, and he's got 156 more yards. So, you know, we're looking... And Eberflus has said he's going to run the hot hand. Uh, I mentioned... Damien Williams, I just think in terms of Tyler Algier, 1.5 yards uh, after contact, rushing yards after contact. Damien Williams' is, is career average is over two and a half. And over the last five years, he's been over that mark, except for last year when he was in Chicago. So that's why I think that situation is is in play for someone like Damien Williams. Um, yeah, Zay Jones, Zay Jones, you know, we're looking at Zay Jones and we're going, he's only Zay Jones, but he's 24th in targets this season. <laughs> you know, he's, his usage is elite and he's not going to, there's no one on that roster that's going to take any usage away from him. You know, he is going to be a wide receiver three play for the rest of the season. So he, he's someone that you should definitely consider and be picking up as much as possible. Um, last thing I want to pick up is just a couple of areas where you can potentially make some some gains and one of the things i i love to do if i can find them is start to look at uh teams that are putting up a lot of garbage time points and i always find that's quite um a good way to look at things because if you can try and work out um those sort of garbage time points and you can see a consistent trend on them then actually what you can start to see is over time areas where you can exploit 
situations. So, for example, the reason I like that um, sort of fourth quarter passing, and I'm just going to pull it up now. I'm just it wasn't working on my laptop earlier, but um, the reason I like looking at fourth quarter points, and I've got a website that does this, um, especially passing points. Um, so I'm just pulling it up now is I like to start to understand where I can potentially get late game points. Cause I feel like at that point, the game is on the line. You're more likely to get more efficiency. And it's something I've done for a few years and don't talk about it too often. Cause it's quite hard to research, but if you can start to get a picture on fourth quarter passing plays and teams that are going to historically pass a lot more in the fourth quarter, you'll find a direct correlation between that and the number of points especially when you look at the percentage of total plays. So, for example, Washington, by a long way, have the most amount of fourth-quarter passing, uh, fourth quarter passing plays. They've, all, they've run almost 100 this season. The reason this is important because that's when the game's on the line. So we're thinking of uh, situations where we could potentially exploit um, sort of easy points. Um and cool garbage time, but not all of these are are potentially garbage time. Um, and I'm going to share this image on on Twitter. Um, but in terms of, I'm just opening it up now. So we've got here uh, Arizona next. Again, wouldn't surprise you. So you're looking at a player like DeAndre Hopkins is going to benefit nicely. Zach Ertz as well. Indy, that's going to change. That situation is in flux. But the Jets, um, that's when they do get most of their passing volume is in is in the fourth quarter. So, you know, looking at someone like Garrett Wilson, even Braxton Berrios. See, that's Braxton Berrios territory for me. He's someone that I keep an eye on in in, in sort of play. Um, the Chargers, so again, for someone like Keenan Allen, for Josh Palmer, their situations, you're going to see them come to party a lot more. Because if you if you and if you think of the logic of this, these are te- these are teams that are constantly in battles in the fourth quarter. It's great to have great offenses, but if those great offenses are steamrolling teams, they're going to game manage. So they're going to sit there and manage the situation. Like it will shock absolutely no one that the 6 and 0 Philadelphia Eagles have run the least pass plays in the fourth quarter. They don't need to. They've got double digit leads in every single game. So they're just going to sit there and run the ball out, which means when you've got someone like uh, AJ Brown or Devonta Smith, you really only have them for three quarters. They've run 22 pass plays in six games in the fourth quarter because they've got the games in hand. Um, Chicago, because they're just terrible. Um, you know, you've got some really bad offenses on here. But again, Kansas City is another one. Kansas City is a great offense, not putting up many pass plays. You know, they're averaging in seven games, they're averaging less than seven pass plays uh, in a fourth quarter per game. It's not going to get you that volume. And you're thinking about game is 60 minutes if teams aren't playing those 60 minutes because the games are in hand we need to start thinking about the 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 teams that are going to maximize that so teams that are going to be in close games so far and teams that run a lot of pass places like washington like arizona uh where you can potentially get pieces of that offense like new orleans with chris alave uh where games are live even the buccaneers buccaneers for the ball loads in the fourth quarter um same go with cincy same go with minnesota la um yeah, Miami, but it's hard to get pieces of that offense. But like the Jets, for example, I mean, the problem with the Jets is you don't get good for three quarters, but you get it good in the last one. Um, 
but these are the sorts of things I like to look at to gain an edge. So I'll share the chart with anybody who wants it. I've got it here. And if you do want to see it, I'll share with you the, the volume of plays in the fourth quarter that are passing because it's going to give you a good idea in terms of where you can potentially sneak an advantage. And, and that's where looking at matchups is really important. So looking at who's playing over the next few weeks and thinking about how you can analyze and get the best out of those trends. And again, if you want some strength of schedule data, I'm happy to provide it. Um, just ask me for it and I'll um, I'll get it across to you. Just send me a DM uh, and I'll try and service it as quickly as I can. That's the big strategy points. I kind of feel like I've had this opportunity to talk on my own. So I've kind of gone off piste here. I don't have Dan to rein me in and, and talked about some potential wave wire players who I did some research on earlier, um, some ways in which you can change your rosters. But I think just be bold. This is, um, I'm going to nick a golf phrase, Jack, so apologies. Um, but this is like moving day. This is like Saturday for me in a major. This is the day where you can get yourself in a position to reach, to have a right to contend for the trophy, or this is the one when you fall away. And I think the next two weeks are really crucial weeks, uh, week eight, week nine. Because I think once you get to those double-digit weeks, you kind of have a good idea of what your path is. I think this is where it's so crucial, is you've got two weeks. If you can get wins in week eight, week nine, you start to build that, that momentum. And if you are sitting there on three wins, you need both these wins, and you need them now. So you almost have to treat it like a DFS tournament. You have to take risks. You have to almost throw caution to the wind. Stop looking at the floor plays. Stop looking at playing players like Zay Jones, unless you're absolutely desperate, um, and playing the players like Marquise Goodwin. Yes, it could fall well in your face, but if you don't do anything, you're going to lose anyway. So you need to make the bold moves. And I'm not saying go so bold that you start Sam Allinger on Sunday. Like, absolutely not. But you do have to make some reasonable moves. Uh, what we're also seeing on fantasy teams is that having a fantasy elite quarterback is massive. It's going to be impossible to get Lamar Jackson... Joe Burrow, um, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, like those guys are, are gone. But maybe you look at finding the next level, someone like Tua, for example, maybe he's not seeing the next level. But if you're sitting here with Russell Wilson right now, you need to improve. You need to find uh, a better quarterback solution. Maybe that's Kirk Cousins for you. Maybe you flip Russell Wilson for Kirk Cousins right now because it's going to give you a leg up. You know, these are the sorts of things you need to be making moves or maybe you can find a way to get Jalen Hurts. I don't know. Get creative. Think of trades that you can make. Uh, but if you can upgrade the quarterback position, if you can get some streaming picks over the next two weeks, uh, if you know we're looking at DST picks, I think Tennessee's a good pick this week for DST. I'd be stashing that one. I wouldn't just be settling. But then if I've got, say, the New England Patriots, I'm playing them every week because they're going to be a top 5D uh, for the rest of the season. They're a set and forget D for me. Um, I think that's going to cover it uh, for this week. I think I've got, you know, I'm here to answer any questions. Join the Patreon. We do do Patreon podcasts, do answer questions, do help as much as I can there in that situation uh, to make sure that your teams are all set and we'll go through and I'll give suggestions and advice on who to pick up, who to drop and, and try and help you co-pilot a team in your home league that matters as well. But ultimately, 
you know, this is the week to make moves. I've put a lot out there for you. Uh, you might have to listen to this twice. Uh, if you listen to this in one and a half speed or two speed, that might be a little bit difficult uh, to get all the names I mentioned. So you probably need to go back and listen. But do fire off any questions. Do ask for any stats or data, and I'm happy to provide those. But yeah, work your way for wire this week. Work your trades uh, this week. This is a really big two-week period now. Week eight, week nine. Don't we know who the good offenses are? We know who the bad offenses now. Now it's about exploiting matchups. Look at those matchups over the next two weeks. If they're playing the Lions, uh, that's a pretty good matchup to target. <laughs> you know, those are the situations you want to make the most out of. And if they're playing a really good D, then you need to fade them and make uh, alternative measures. But be brave, you know, pull out, uh, you know, look at players like, um, Isaiah McKenzie is someone who could potentially bring you a little bit of extra magic. I talked about him on Sunday on my uh, Sunday transactions uh, thread on Twitter. I talk about players that you can just pick up for free before Sunday. Isaiah McKenzie would have been a really uh, good one to stash for future weeks. Um, other news as mentioned, I think Jerry Judy is going to get traded this week. So again, KJ Hamler is a good stash. Um, I do expect that one to go through, whether it goes through before Sunday or whether it's going to be at the trade deadline. I don't know. I'd expect maybe the Buccaneers are going to be in for a tight end. We still don't know what's going to happen with Cam Akers. Expect him to get dealt. Elijah Moore, that situation's in flux. Uh, Kareem Hunt, that situation's in flux. We've seen teams not be really good at trading before the trade deadline. I think this is going to be the year. It doesn't quite fully break out, but I think we're going to see some trades. So keep an eye on that uh, over the coming days. Stay close to the beat writers and listen to where all the possible destinations uh, are. Um. But that's going to do it. So waiver wire pods dropped. Feel free to go back and watch and and uh, and listen to that. Please do like and subscribe. Please do write reviews. Uh, if you do want to join the Patreon, you can join for like a pound a month and get access to the Patreon chat uh, and Patreon podcast. Um, but if you join for a few quid more, you can get merch uh, if you stay for six months and things like that. So, you know, do stay um, chatting to us. Uh, join the Patreon uh to get even more closer access to me uh if you do get a chance do uh watch the wave wire podcast on uh fantasy pros to talk about some of the things uh talked about in this podcast but in uh, a different sort of angle or more detail on players like uh khalil herbert uh but just would appreciate any support and uh growing the game here and uh getting more analysts on shows like that so uh showing them that there's a big market in the uk um, means they'll reach out to more UK analysts, which ultimately is the goal here. So uh, do tune in and do that. And yeah, just thank you very much for for listening, for subscribing, for the support. Um, big, big couple of weeks now. Make those moves, and I look forward to seeing how you get on. But until then, as always, don't forget. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.